0: Does everybody know what time it is? It's normal business hours on a typical autumn day in 1996, which means you have to open the white pages if you want to find a restaurant or a florist because Yelp doesn't exist yet. Well, and then what are you listening to? Well,
1: probably it's a cassette tape sent to you from the future, played on your Walkman because it's grunt work. <laughs> I got all my sisters and me. We are family, get up everybody, and grunt. Because this is Grunt Work, the only home improvement (laughs) podcast hosted by two only children with absolutely no experience negotiating sibling rivalries. I'm your host, Truman, the Big Tent Party Man, Caps. And with (laughs) me as always is my co-host Landon Yams Across America, Solano. Mm. Uh, because I know that you wouldn't want to eat hams across Thank America, you. so I, I made some changes. And I think I've heard you mention that you like yams as a Thanksgiving I food. I do.
0: Yes, I do. Especially okay, if so... they have the toasted marshmallows on top.
1: Ooh, ooh yeah, that makes yeah. See, I actually I actually prefer them without that, so you can have mine. Oh, uh, great. Yeah, so, okay, well, it's a date then. See you at Thanksgiving. Uh, Landon,
0: let me ask you before we get started, because yeah. we have plenty of time to waste here. Yeah. Uh, First of all, I want to just, I'm taking my time because you said we have time to waste this week. Oh, of course, of course, so, of course. breathe. Okay. This episode I want, brought to you by Headspace. want to, uh, uh, I was going to say congratulate, that's not the word I want to say, but um, just uh, point out, short but sweet intro, I liked it. Uh, th- thank you. Is, that, is this a
1: subtle suggestion to me that in the future my, my intro <laughs> shouldn't include quite so many
0: uh, of, of, of Steely Dan's uh, cryptic and uh, metaphorical lyrics? No, no, not at all. Because uh, as someone, you know, I do the hip hop stuff uh, more often than not. Um, I find it hard to find a cutoff point sometimes. So I actually look at your longer ones as like incentives to go, oh, no, you can go a little bit further. I, look, I put I put this 100% not on me, but on, in fact,
1: the people who wrote the song We Are Family, a group whose name I have forgotten since I Googled for the lyrics, because a lot of the other lyrics I was looking at, and it's like, these just aren't really, I can't twist and mold these to be applicable to home improvement, and yet the chorus is so relevant,
0: <laughs> because
1: it's about sisters, and that, which yeah. also play into this episode. Well, I, I'm surprised you forgot simple. the...
0: Uh... I'm surprised you forgot the, the name of the band since it's sister, Sledge.
1: Oh, okay. Well, you see, that's that's really a strike against me there that that I had uh, 50% of the name of the band right there in the, in the song. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so you were um, going to ask me something. I was going to ask you something, Landon. Um, and the fact that we have delayed it and now built up to it so much is going to really ruin it. But uh, I just wanted to say, uh-huh. cold enough for you? Oh, the Co- the yeah, cold, right. cold enough for you, Landon? This is <laughs> banter.
0: Is, this is like oh, but it's just to make people feel you know at home. It is currently uh, zero degrees right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I believe you have. Uh, if I check the temperature in uh, Studio City, yes,
1: go for yeah. Just just I, I've told people I live in Studio City. Come and find me, nerds.
0: <laughs> oh yeah,
1: all right. Yeah, just, you and five million other people. Uh, yes, exactly. Well, one of whom is George Clooney. And oh, I think Brian go. Cranston lives here, too. So you uh, have yeah. 72 more
0: temperatures than I do.
1: Yeah, oh, and I should I should mention that the sun is out and it is really gorgeous. Oh, yeah, the um, sun has already set here. Uh, okay, well, the thing is, though, Landon, I mean, that is bad. But also, it's like, at least you have like, there's nothing else competing for your attention. Like like recording a podcast is really all you can do. You don't have the sun and the wind and Fair. the trees and the birds outside. That's right.
0: Yeah, you're right. I've I've carved myself out a little uh podcasting cubby out of this mound of snow that's outside. You know the end of the Shining uh <laughs> when Danny escapes through the window and just kind of slides down from the second story? Yeah. That's how I leave my apartment. <laughs> I
1: thought I thought you were going to say remember the end of The Shining when Jack Nicholson is half submerged with a twisted grimace on his uh, frozen face. <laughs> no, that, I that's what that, you were suggesting.
0: That's once I'm out and about for about uh, 15 minutes. Yeah, okay. That's, that's I, I woke up in the way to your car. Negative 11 today.
1: Oh, 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 Landon. I mean. I, truthfully, it was like,
0: it got down to like 53 last night. So it's, you know, we're dealing with some stuff here, too. Uh, this just in, I'm listening, you know, even though we're recording in the past, I'm getting a notification from listeners in the future, and they're going, yeah. did I tune in to listen to guys talk about weather? <laughs> well, Landon, because we have so much time to waste today, if we can afford
1: to waste time. I figured we'd just chat about, you know, chat about the weather a few days before these people are listening to it. Um, I have... I actually have a, a point that we can talk about. Oh, you had something for the preamble. Cool. So I just I just uh, I just wasted a whole bunch of time when you actually
0: had something to mention. <laughs> Go you, for it, Landon. You freezer burned it. Uh, burned your time there. Mm-hmm. Uh, assembly mm-hmm. required. Premieres next week on History. Oh
1: shit, it does. Yes, I saw. I remember seeing that online. I, I think that it's the only responsible thing is for both of us to, to give it a look see. Don't
0: you? Uh, I'm definitely going to. I don't know if you have access to the History Channel. Um, I do. Uh, through my parents cable subscription <laughs> very nice very so, nice So, um, you know it's where I watch Oak Island I think I will be tuning into it um, Richard Karn has been posting promos on his Twitter and Instagram and you know it looks like a typical show like a typical competition <laughs> ca- building ca- shows, hosts a set <laughs> you know Tim comes out from, a, from another location onto my screen <laughs> looks like a show Tim Allen comes out, he does a few grunts, and you know, it's like, okay, this is gonna be a building thing. But then Richard Karn per- appears, and I'm like, oh, now you got my attention. <laughs> and, and then Tim's, I forget, I've already forgotten, it's already slipped my brain. Um, Tim says, today. says something at the end of the promo, and then Richard Karn kind of like throws it back at him. And I'm like, I'm here, okay, I will watch Sassy Karn take Tim down a few pegs on a on a competition uh tool show.
1: If they if they called the show Sassy Karn, I would <laughs> I would get a cable subscription to watch it. As is, I'm still going to try and finagle a login from one of the various parents who I know to uh-huh. try and get in on this because I yeah, I mean, I want to see I a, I want to see if the grunt count on Tim Allen's show that is not home improvement gets higher than the grunt count on the episodes <laughs> of home improvement we're currently watching. Well it and does in the uh, it does in the promo at the very least. Oh god. Okay. So in a 30 second promo for a non home improvement show, he grunts more
0: than in the last three episodes of home improvement we watched. And I don't know, I have there's been no uh released footage of the actual show yet, but in the promo, it it looks like they're using the tool time set. Wow. Do you, yeah. think, do you think
1: they kept it at the Smithsonian or something after they wrapped <laughs> on Home Improvement they, uh, I you know, think, under tight guard?
0: I think more uh, reality-based is that it's a set that is very easy to duplicate.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it was never really the way. The fact that the Tool Time set is very clearly, in the reality of the show, a yeah. set means that they didn't
0: have to go too crazy on, on and it's constantly and changing too. So, it's not like people can hold it accountable for, like, you know, uh, Roseanne. You can't bring Roseanne back and not have that Afghan on the back of the couch, like, sure, people sure. would be up in arms about it. You can't bring back friends and not have that green couch. I think it's green, I might be wrong, might be yellow, yeah. might be yeah. gold, yeah. uh, in the central perk. I don't know, um. People will be up in arms about it. There's nothing really iconic except the kind of you know assembled look of the Tool Time set that makes it the Tool Time set. You know, Home Improvement and by extension
1: Tool Time isn't really about a look. It's more about an attitude. Like nothing, <laughs> no. The only yeah. the only aesthetic thing people remember from Home Improvement is Wilson behind the fence. Like yep. people don't have very strong memories of oh, the Taylor House looks like this or like you know it's right. It's. Scene Transitions and Offense. That's what that's what home improvement people remember in terms
0: of visuals. Um There's something to be said about that, but I don't know what it is, so I'm not gonna say it. Well, hey, let's say stuff about other stuff. Um
1: How uh, about this show that we watched? The show this we watched? Well, I mean, yeah, we watched an episode of Home Improvement this week and we did uh, Landon. Could you maybe let me know what happened this week on Home Improvement if, if you have a moment uh-huh. to do so? Yes.
0: I worked really, really hard on the synopsis, so I just want to put that out there. Um, okay. I, okay. I, I'm willing to take you know constructive criticism on it, but um, my heart and soul went into it, and I just feel like you should know that before uh, I read it. Uh, well, great, Landon. Thank you so much
1: in advance for sharing with us, and I really look forward to um, letting you bear your soul for us. I
0: will be very nice about whatever you do. <laughs> All right, here we go. Jill's sisters uh, visit to plan their fi- uh, parents' fiftieth wedding anniversary, but none of them can get along. Tim suggests Jill be stern and keep them in line, but none of them can get along. Things seem to go okay until one of them. Uh, un- wait. I'm sorry. Reverse. Oh, okay. <laughs> I did this. Okay, no, I did I'm, this in my
1: fifth grade book report too. I, I, I'm being I'm being very supportive of you though, so go Thank ahead you. as many
0: tries as you need. Things seem to go okay until none of them can get along. Mm -hmm. Jill leaves because none of them can get along. And then Tim yells at the sisters because none of them can get along. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. In
0: the end, they end up getting along. You know,
1: uh, that is a synopsis. I think you very accurately covered the things that happened, and you know what, and I, I give you a smiley face sticker on uh, on the
0: side of that episode report, and maybe even a Jolly Rancher if you're so inclined. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, are you going to shove it into my mouth like I'm uh, some board member and you're Lex Luthor?
1: Uh n- no' I'm, I'm sadly I'm not I, I used to do that, but then the school board started uh, getting <laughs> letters about me, and um yeah, I can't. We cannot ero- eroticize candy that already has the the word "jolly rancher" in its name. um what what's he so jolly about? So, yeah, um I guess I guess that was the episode. Uh, it was,
0: so can you do do guess that title? Yes, I can. I
1: have a I actually have a lot of title options. I, much as you put very uh, a great deal of heart into your uh synopsis, I put a lot of heart into the various guesses at the title.
0: Okay. All right. Okay.
1: All right. 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 Okay. Uh so, first option is Sister Sister. Ah. The, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The second I, option
0: cuz yeah, okay. Disney cause, Channel cause Sisters.
1: Yeah. Second option, sister, 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 because there's three sisters. <laughs> okay. I, I have to. I, I want to okay. cover all my bases. I want to get some yeah. fucking chalupas. Uh-huh. Uh Three option. sisters in
0: addition to Jill.
1: Yeah. Well, yes. I mean, it's uh, the 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 title is written from Jill's
0: perspective. Got it. Okay. I, yes. I would say, yeah. But like, it, I just, just as a uh, you know a Monday morning writer, that would really mm, be mm-hmm. sister, 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 uh, and sister that's not here. Okay, so well, yeah, but why are we going to be giving credit to the sister that's not the, okay? Because the, uh, she's the Amy Ryan. Sister. That's why. Mm,
1: you're right. Okay, okay. You're you've been on the wire. You get referenced as a character on other shows, even when you're not in that episode. Okay. okay. Fourth option. Third option. I don't even remember how many options there are. <laughs> sister act. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, her, s- her sister. Her s- sister acting up. Oh that's good. okay. that's good put that on down as one of mine too. I'm taking okay. full credit. uh her sister's keeper okay uh ant farm <laughs> uh, the, the, we are we are now we are now trending into ones that would be uh the black and white scene titles on Frasier. um antisocial <laughs> okay and
0: <laughs> actually that that that's the perfect one.
1: Anti, anti-social is the best. It took because me a while to get to it.
0: Yeah, social being, you know, a gathering of people, you know. Yeah, okay. I like y- that. Yes,
1: one. yes, thank you, thank you. And last but not least, meet the family, meet spelled M-E-A-T. Because <laughs> folks, there's a lot of barbecuing in this episode. It, it didn't really oh, come through man. in the synopsis, but it's there.
0: It didn't. Um... <laughs> None it of those of... are it. Ah, damn it, okay. I know, I'm sorry. Um... But uh, for the Chalupas, uh, I have to give you our, uh, our uh, clue. I have to give you the the helper version of the title. Yes. Yes. Uh, just and to be and fair. I stand ready. Okay. Here we go. It's a play on a movie title that is one of the more popular movies of an uh, auteur's body of work that has been derided um i wouldn't even say in recent years but he has been uh controversial for the last uh i don't know 20 years i'm
1: gonna say jill and her sisters bing bing bing
0: bing 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 oh
1: Oh, oh, that <laughs> feels real nice. I like that a lot. Okay,
0: we're off to a good start today. Jill and Her Sisters uh, aired on November twelfth, nineteen 1996, directed by Andrew Sow, written by Lori Gelman. This is <clears throat> okay. uh, the first episode. We, so we, we're getting a lot of first-timers. Uh, now, I mean, this isn't the first episode she's ever written of anything, but the first yeah. Home Improvement episode she's written. So we're getting a lot of new new blood this season, I'm noticing. I,
1: and I've been noticing that I'm liking this new blood quite a lot. And I mean, no disrespect <laughs> to the older blood, but uh-huh. just the newer blood, I think, has produced a number of fairly, fairly strong episodes thus far.
0: Uh, she, uh, Lori Gelman, was a producer beginning uh, at the beginning of this season. Um, so she started back at At Sea. And we'll continue. Uh, she has nine more episodes that we have to look forward to throughout the rest wow. of the series. Uh, okay. She's written on Roseanne, Elf, uh, one episode of The Love Boat, and Lo- uh, Laverne and Shirley. Oh, and wow. she would go on to be a producer on Sabrina the Teenage Witch with uh, Melissa Joan Hart, not the new one, mm-hmm. and Eight Simple Rules. Hmm. For dating my teenage daughter, or is it some other set of simple rules yes. for another, another it- purpose? It used to be Eight Simple Rules for Dating My Teenage Daughter. Then it got simplified to Eight Simple Rules. I don't know if that was pre or post John Ritter's death. Uh, oh, yes. But, uh, yeah, that one did get whittled down a little bit.
1: Mm-hmm. That that ha- was happening a lot back then because it used to be two guys, a girl, and a pizza place. And yep. then suddenly it just became two guys and a girl. And, yes. You know,
0: and, honestly, the pizza place is really what got me interested because I've seen lots of shows about two guys and a girl. <laughs> uh, and, really, that's all just an excuse So that it could just be two guys. But they they haven't quite reached that point in their relationship to admit that to themselves yet. Yeah, you know, we we had a lot of progress to make as a sitcom society. Uh, Sherman, how did you feel about this episode? (laughs) Ah,
1: you fucking beat me to it. I (laughs) liked this episode. I thought it was good. I thought it had some funny lines. I liked that Tim and Jill were working as a team and that Tim was being supportive of Jill and generally being sweet. Uh, I'm going to say without question there was some latent misogyny in tim referring to the sisters as hens and <laughs> all of the kind of cracks that he makes about jill's yeah. sisters and the fact that like oh the only the only way to get these women to work is for a man to come and yell at them like yeah i don't like that I, but i also i grade the show on a curve and i i think that the fact that tim I don't know Tim Tim does a lot of genuinely trying to help and genuinely helping like when they plan when Tim and the boys come in and plan the party he's not just like fucking around grilling meat he's like no kids let's come in and help your mother Mm -hmm. and uh, I think that also overall this show um, or this episode had kind of a genuinely good message about needing to set boundaries in relationships in order to prevent loved ones from walking all over you and it's just I think this might be the first episode of home improvement that models like actual healthy behavior (laughs) and I (laughs) (laughs)
0: i liked that it was interesting to see interesting Uh, what what do you think yeah no i think that's a great jumping off point for uh my point which is i think the you know uh real and right one Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. (laughs) now that we've got all the bullshit out of the way you can hear the unvarnished (laughs) truth uh no okay so i I think a younger version of me a season two or three version of landon (laughs) Would have taken this episode to task for being a little too cliche. You know, it had flavors of the poker episode from season Mm. one or two. Yeah. Um, But, you know, uh, it was written by a woman about women, presumably for the female half of the audience. And I am none of those things. I'm just an exhausted 38 year old who is tired of expecting the past to be different. So (laughs) I ultimately (laughs) thought this was fine. Uh, it was honestly, it was like a flavorless piece of chewing gum for 30 minutes. <laughs> wow. Wow. I I think the thing, Landon, is that you know, you, when you
1: referenced season two and three and what you were like back then, like initially I thought, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like season two and three influenced me as well in that like maybe but like in that those seasons were so consistently like off-putting to me that now when I see something that's like, oh, that's kind of sweet. Oh, yeah, some good lines in there. That, to me, is great and amazing, Like, because I'm still a psychological prisoner of those years. <laughs> uh, Where Whereas, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe early on I would have had critiques of the structure or the fact that it's kind of derivative of,
0: say, the poker
1: episode. But
0: at this point, that, I've kind how of How much g- of that is just that's just a sitcom episode. I mean, that's just... There's nothing derivative about the structure of a sitcom episode. It is what it is. Yeah, I mean, as as soon as we get to that point, I could look at an episode of Cheers and be like, you know, I feel like a lot
1: of these episodes, they're just hanging out at the bar and people show (laughs) up and and have problems. (laughs) Oh, another episode where two people meet and within a week decide to get married and decide to have their wedding at Cheers and then the wedding doesn't happen? Oh, again? Like, I don't complain about that, so it would be unfair for me to
0: do this. And you know, I want to just also mention something about where i'm at with this show which is public service announcement <laughs> i i've come to kind of feel like you know uh, there's a certain amount of criticism i hurl at it you know uh week to week but i've come to feel like it's almost a family member where yeah. it's it's not coming out of hate necessarily uh not that it ever was, but, like, it's just like, okay, fucking my weirdo, you know, uncle is doing a thing again. Uh, so just kind of roll your eyes and look the other way, and then, you know, it'll make you chuckle because it does a funny voice at a certain point. You're like, okay, I can't be mad forever. I, yeah, yeah. I I first thank
1: you for sharing that. I would say that I I agree and that I have a certain fondness and affection for this show that endures and I think probably has colored why I'm in just generally a better mood about it recently. I would also say that I've been watching Shits Creek. Uh-huh. I'm about, I'm almost done with the third season of Shits Creek, a show that everyone I know has very highly recommended to me. And I'm going to say right now that I have enjoyed the last few episodes of Home Improvement that I've watched more than I have enjoyed any episode of Shits Creek. Oh, so, wow. Oh. I'm just going to, so, and that's a show that won the Emmy for outstanding comedy programs so any any listeners who think that we are too harsh on home improvement you remember what i just said to you I, I <laughs> a have affection for the show I, b i think that it is currently better than Shit's creek
0: i think that completely takes away our credibility <laughs>
1: I don't know, man. I don't know. Well, also, how much credibility did we have in the first? I spent half my time
0: browbeating people about the Hudsucker proxy. I don't know how much credibility <laughs> I had to begin with. Uh, very fair. Uh, and I just had none at all for uh, at any point in my life. Let's get into this thing, shall we? Yes, let's do it. let On let's that crush note. <laughs>
1: uh, I, we have no credibility. Nothing we say matters. All right, well, let's talk for an hour. We start on dual time. The grunt creep is
0: hanging out, literally. Literally. Oh, oh, oh. always dangling with this guy. Uh, Heidi introduces the show yet again. Uh, mm-hmm. The crowd looks particularly confused this week. I, yeah. I, thought, I don't know if you caught that. It's just like, I, does everybody know what time it is? And everyone's like, what show are we on? <laughs> <laughs> we we thought this was Arsenio. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you think that maybe the
1: tree is throwing them off? It's like, maybe. It, it looks so realistic, but it's like, we're indoors. How could it be? How could this happen? Truly, we've seen movie magic.
0: Like, there's just a curtain uh, covering up the set until it was time to record. Yeah. And yeah, then it exactly. was like, the second she asked what time it is, everybody's like, what? what?
1: Well, I don't know. Shouldn't you know that? You work here. <laughs> um, I, this is This seems to be the second fall-themed episode in a row that they've done, yep. and I like that Tool Time seemed to get a head start on our current cultural obsession with being all about the fall.
0: <laughs> even in, yeah, even in the late winter, uh, edging on to spring. Yes, yes, exactly. Like, still everyone like,
1: mm, pumpkin spice and flannel. Uh, well, okay, <laughs> of course this show's about flannel, but I, I don't know. I, I like that they're really paying extra heavy tribute to fall this year, almost yeah. as though they shot both of these segments... Like the last week's
0: segment and this segment within 20 minutes of each other. <laughs> uh, and speaking of flannel, uh, Tim and Al come out both looking like Al. Uh, yes. Tim is uh, <laughs> abandoned his normal 90s esque uh, suit and tie for grotesque a ties, <laughs> flannel and a, a vest. Yeah, puppy vest like Marty McFly. They look exactly alike, which I think is why. I I, I know it's easy for me to take credit. Uh, Because I know, you know, I could have gone back and wrote this note after this whole segment ends. But I think it's because they they look identical that I go, wow, they look identical, except Al's not wearing a belt for some reason. (laughs) I'm going to rest on my proof that I pay attention to those sorts of things as evidenced by the last six seasons.
1: Well, and we just established that you have a great deal of credibility, so we all trust you on that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that you
0: that you didn't just want to look look clever for spotting is, the in, impending I, visual gag. The entire last twenty minutes has been me, uh, you know, prefacing that, laying the groundwork so that you believe me in this moment. And and up next is the prestige baby. Uh, so <laughs> he, I, I will say that first.
1: Tim introduces himself as you know Tim the Toolman Man, and then and my assistant Al Borland again, not giving Al a nickname. I thought I could see a trace in Tim Allen's eyes or Tim Taylor's eyes, whichever Tim we're talking about, of him being a little bit unhappy to not give him a nickname, <laughs> a nickname almost yeah. as
0: though he wishes he could be, but he misses it. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> there's there's like a little, there's a pregnant pause there where he goes, and Al Borland, like he yeah. has to swallow the nickname. He's, he's biting his tongue
1: to keep it from getting out. Um, but, Bud Bud Harper is, is just off screen looking at him, (laughs) glaring at him, keeping him from doing it. Um, so yeah, you know, it's, it's fall. They're talking about raking leaves, Mm -hmm. a a chore that Tim always hated doing. And he and Al take a quick detour to talk about how they used to love the smell growing up of people burning leaves. Mm -hmm. And then Al says, but you can't do that anymore. It's bad for the environment. And I've clenched my butt and braced myself for tim to start shit talking environmentalism and instead <laughs> tim just goes that's right so and it's just like oh wow they mentioned a cultural change that did not well, if that if that happened on last man standing i think there would have had to be something about it because now cultural grievance has become such a big part
0: of yeah yeah this it's so, the talking uh, point right yeah uh, yeah and I have to say I agree, though, uh, like not to keep bringing it back to me, but I <laughs> it's your not, podcast too Doug. when I when I moved to uh, Madison, I moved here like right when the like the day the leaves fell. And I was hit with something because I haven't been back in the Midwest since, you know, dur- in the fall at any point um, from when I moved until when I moved here. And yeah. I was like hit in the face with a memory, like nostalgia. I'm like, oh my God, that smell, that like sweet, decaying leaf smell that just defines what autumn is. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. I missed it so much. And growing up in kind of a, I wouldn't say a rural area, but definitely an area with a a wooded area, uh, a lot of people burned their leaves growing up. And that is also a very specific smell that I'm like, oh man, yeah, that was probably really bad for me, but... It, def- <laughs> it defines a time and place for sure
1: i i did not grow up around leaf burning and i hearing them talk about it and hearing you talk about it makes me kind of miss it even though i'm also glad that the environment was protected in the area that i grew up
0: <laughs> there you go yeah
1: yeah i mean the town sucked anyway so it, you know it's not
0: like it's not like the leaf burning would have made it that much worse but but um, uh, they're looking at alternatives to burning and they've got a few different things he brings out a leaf blower and i immediately was like wait a minute and he goes. It runs on electricity. It's a Benford's electric leaf blower. I'm like, okay, okay. Uh, I don't know how that. You know, it doesn't evaporate the leaves. How does it get? How does it fix the leaf problem? I think leave. Well, I have a issue with leaf leaf blowers in general. I, but I don't think I don't
1: think there's a. Lo- I feel like Tim Allen might be one of the only people on Earth who does like leaf blowers. They are one of one of the most awful machines, and I think a lot of people are in agreement about it, except people who want to have their leaves moved off of their lawn.
0: It's not, well yeah okay whatever i don't need to get into it i'm not gonna get into it that's the motto of season six i'm not gonna get yes. into it i have yes. problems with leaf blowers in la it just blows dusts right up into your nose rather than getting off this sidewalk whatever i'm not gonna get into it uh Th- that's the trade-off for us having 71 degree winters um <laughs> tim uh so tim's wondering uh why you can't just strip leaves right off the trees
1: Yes, and Al says, as long as you keep wondering, nobody will get hurt.
0: <laughs> that was a great
1: line. And, yeah, to, to which to which then Al, uh, Tim says, you'd think after all these years you'd know better than that. And Al just sighs and resignedly goes, you're right. Heidi, bring out whatever ridiculous thing Tim souped up today. <laughs> uh, maybe the line of the episode. I, I really like the la- like recently they've been getting very meta with the tool time segments yeah. and like fake outs and I, I like it it's very yep. fun.
0: <laughs> uh so she brings out a leaf vacuum, I guess it's not a leaf blower, it kind of looks like one but it's you know a leaf vacuum that uh Tim has uh, attached to uh an old VW engine which takes gasoline so how is it any better than burning leaves? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean unless it's unless Tim like somehow souped it up to be, to be electric, or if he
0: used Herbie's engine, which presumably runs on magic. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and Tim, that would that Tim... would be
0: the only way. But he wasn't in Herbie; he was in the Shaggy Dog.
1: He, I know, but but let's just say that a Herbie movie in which Tim Allen plays like basically an evil version of Tim Taylor, which is pretty close to the real version of Tim Taylor, who just wants to strip Herbie for parts and put it into a supercharged, better. <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind Listen, of. I'm vibing okay. on it. I'm in it too.
0: I'm not opposed to the idea. Are you suggesting that we, Tim, uh, this this fake evil Tim Taylor, is um, obsessed with the idea of finding what part of Herbie makes him magic? Like if you took off one of his headlights. Would that headlight still be magic in addition to Herbie himself being magic? And if so, could you take every single part and make multiple magic machines out of each individual magic part? This is like – this is some real Herbie body horror (laughs) shit right
1: here. This is like some – like – this is like the 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 human herbipedes shit. Like, oh, if we if we harvest his if we harvest his body for parts and and uh-huh. put them into different cars, can create an army of super Herbies. Like, um, but it's, here to it, answer he that, gets
0: really obsessed and makes a limousine out of just three Herbie cars. <laughs> Nothing I say can be funnier than
1: that. All I will say is that no i think that herbie's magical essence comes from one single part within him and the other parts are only magic when connected to it i've given this lots of thought (laughs) then what's the magic part what's the magic part (sighs) i don't know i mean probably like a spark plug or something because like the the, his essence is in there with like the gas tank i watched a lot of herbie movies (laughs) over and over as a child i've these these, i don't know much about nietzsche but man i can uh, i can tell you about herbie (laughs) there is, <laughs> there is, there is the bug and the Uber bug, and uh, sometimes he goes to Monte Carlo or goes bananas. Uh, so, th- so I think that's what Tim did. Okay. Um. Yeah. But so Tim starts using this souped-up Herbie engine to suck all of the leaves off the tree. Um. While well, Al purposefully steps forward and stands directly in front of him, and Richard Karn tries very hard to keep a straight face despite knowing what is inevitably coming. <laughs> you're right no you were on a roll i was going on a stop roll you I, was, I, was, I i just i always like to just hand off the baton to you but not let you know when i'm gonna do it so you can <laughs> never truly just like relax and vibe out on the podcast <laughs> you'd
0: you think it's <laughs> Six seasons
1: I'd uh, pick up on the subtle nuances, but... Well, you'd think at six seasons I would pick up on the nuances of communicating with my co-host. So, <laughs> Al stands there with his arms crossed, and then, oh no, his uh, shirt and his pants get sucked off and into the uh, into the vacuum thing, and he's there in his flannel underwear and a white undershirt, uh, and uh, then there, everybody laughs, and then... Al's entire body gets sucked into the uh vacuum as does the rest of the set and yep. uh so goes, begins the opening credits.
0: Goes to the theme song. Uh yes. I got a note on the theme song this week. I know it's been a what? long time since I've had one. I know, I know, Landon. I'm so excited to be talking about the theme song. What have you got? When we had the Tobey boys on, you know, we asked them mm-hmm. about their impression of the theme song, which I like to do with every guest because it's yes. such a uh abstract theme song compared to mm-hmm. you know, T V theme songs. Yeah. And I wondered, watching it and listening to it this week, how do you arrive at that sound? How do you come to the 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 assembled nature of the jazz flute and the guitar riff? Do you think that this theme song was workshopped in some sort of long jam session uh, <laughs> at some sort of avant-garde jazz night? I like 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 an improv club
1: except for jazz Uh, yeah I guess guess that's actually I guess that is what jazz is so
0: yes I mean because I don't I don't know anything about music but uh to my you know amateur ears this sounds like a song that could allow for uh immense guitar and jazz solo riffing I think I think that it could, and I'm now immediately
1: wanting to start up a jazz combo just so we can go to clubs and only like do 45 minute jams on the Home Improvement theme. Uh, just just get just get sent to jazz prison. Um, but I, I think that um, I think that what happened here, if I had to envision the songwriting process, it's that uh, the composer of the theme song whose name I'm forgetting, I feel like we've talked about whoever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like probably started off by like, okay, what what is just like a base layer of tool noises or construction art. site sounds? Dan Foley art. So like the the fact that that's kind of boof, shh, stuff like that. Maybe he was <laughs> trying. To... Yeah. Now now we're just going to acapella the entire theme song. <laughs> but i feel like those things it was like him trying to think in his head and represent through music like what do, what do like hammers sound like or like a, a big truck backing up to like dump off a bunch of concrete or something like that yeah and uh and maybe the maybe the jazz flute is supposed to be like the whistle of the construction site but i think it's <laughs> okay i think it's it was him trying to like make the sounds of like construction and then other stuff
0: got There's layered on top of that to try and just fill in the blanks. Only one other theme song I can think of that has the construction whistle in it, and that's the Flintstones theme song. Oh, yeah, dabba do You're right about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that,
1: and, and maybe but That's that was, neither here nor there.
0: It's just free association.
1: Um, I think that on, on extras, when, uh, Ricky Gervais's character gets his crappy workplace sitcom made, it's called When the Whistle Blows, and there is a <laughs> worksite whistle in that, There too. you go, okay. So, total of three, and one of them is a show within a show. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I don't know, like, what, what are, like, what, what are your thoughts? Like, what, what, do you have any other vibes <laughs> well, there, on where this could have come from?
0: I don't, I mean, that's, I kind of think that there has to be some sort of early peel sessions, Uh, version of the song where they're just like working it out especially the guitar and the the flute it's like how do they arrive at those specific notes there's like when the I don't want to say I'm using the wrong term it's not crescendo but like when it ramps up in the middle the like yeah. guitar starts to really get into it, and the flute like really starts to get down on that flute. <laughs> you get, they they get dirty, they get nasty. <laughs> it becomes, it, it gets to, they drop some stanky beats. It feels like it almost verges on Anchorman, where I can see a really <laughs> enthusiastic you know pipe flute Dan player uh, just going to town on it, and someone going, "Okay, that was a fine take." Let's let bring it back. You know, half a measure on uh, on that on that flute there. Uh, keep it to you know four bars. I'm I'm using terminology I have no uh, <laughs> concept. Yeah. Of
1: no, I like that. Pull it back on the flute there is, is often a thing that, that the band director would tell us. Um, well, I, I, do th- I do like this idea that Dan Foliart had a very, like, you know, that he, that he A, he owns all the masters to his work, like Prince did, <laughs> and then, that, B, that there's, like, the, you know, home improvement theme studio sessions, which you can, like, buy, you know, on, on the internet, and it's very expensive, and, like, it's artfully remastered, and you can listen to all 12 tracks very carefully and isolate individual ones. It's like, you know, some of those some of those Steely Dan songs were just really improvised for a long time and like yeah. the studio cut floats around on the internet. Exactly. That's, I mean,
0: I, I have to imagine somewhere in the Disney vault that exists.
1: I, look, let's 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 national treasure our way in there and just, but Great. not to steal it, not to, not to sell it to make money just like the guards find us just jamming
0: like, you know, we've each got a set of headphones on and we're just dancing. Um, there is something inherently funny to me about a comedy night maybe a stand-up night where two people get up and do a 20-minute set of the <laughs> home improvement theme song with no no actual comedy just like that's the joke you you think you think
1: that they would like the the authorities wouldn't intervene after like five minutes seven minutes after the light <laughs> goes on like like at some at, at some point like even if the mc tried to cut them off and they didn't like at what point does it get physical? At what point are bouncers carrying them out? Well, and like, like they cut the
0: mics, but the guys are still shouting the home improvement.
1: See, music. You're working
0: on the the assumption that people would be angry about it. I think it would be so confusing that no one would know what to do. I I don't know, man. Depends on the night you're at that comedy club. I've I've
1: seen <laughs> I've seen some people try to do some pretty experimental comedy for audiences that are not having it. <laughs> Fair point. Okay, I'm just saying we. This is one of many ways we could get our asses kicked. Um, Let's go to the kitchen. Okay, yes. Let's. Brad and Randy are looking at an open fridge full of food. Jill warns them not to eat any of the food in there. Uh, Says, "Eat that and (laughs) die." Yes, and Randy Uh, says,
0: "It was Brad." Oh Brad! Says, oh wow, Brad, getting spicy. I, he for the last couple episodes, I feel like he, as we read in uh, Totally JTT, how there was a little bit of a competition once JTT broke out into the world of animation and had that hit with a uh, what was it called? What was that big movie called that he was? Oh, in? oh, it was the uh, let's see, it was
1: the Feline Regent,
0: I think. Oh, I thought it was the Tiger Prince, but uh, uh, no, that's 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 Joe Exotic's son. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I, I I wonder if they're trying to, like, give a little more to Brad and uh, just kind of keeping their back entirely to Mark. But uh, <laughs> anyway, they're looking in this fridge, and Jill comes out and says, eat that and die. And Brad turns and goes, why, did you make it? I,
1: I know that we also don't like it when they make fun of Jill's cooking, but that was a really just good turn of
0: phrase. It was. Uh, no. It's for Jill's sisters who are coming into town for the parents' fiftieth anniversary to plan uh, for the party. Yes, just a big a big planning session. This is not something that could have been done over email, I suppose. Um, so <laughs> it is an- nineteen ninety six. You got to th- think that. Four middle-aged women have email set up at that point.
1: Go to the library. I mean, Jill just got a new a new laptop with Monkey Land written or uh, or installed I, on it. Listen, I think Jill got the library laptops at this point for how much fundraising she's done. True, I think I think that she got the the entire library and all the people who work there uploaded into a cloud consciousness. <laughs> um, so uh it's it's honestly it's like the library of the movie the Time machine listen to our gruntwork nights episode to understand what I'm referring to. So uh the ants are going to be sleeping in the boys rooms and they mm-hmm. are talking about sleeping arrangements and, yes. uh, and like Tim Tim comes in and, and when they say, oh we're talking about sleeping arrangements, Tim puts his arm around Jill and says, well
0: I get her and <laughs> which is a great great little moment.
1: Yeah, like, and Jill like smiles and so goes up against him. It's just like, oh, that's that's sweet. You two love each sweet. other. Yeah, it's just I, like I, it.
0: It's Tim being goofy and loving his wife. I, I don't know. We we skipped over Bye. to something that yeah. I, I only want to point out because it sets a, a trend for this episode that I found kind of baffling. Mm-hmm. Um, So the joke that Randy gets here is, you know, when she's talking about sleeping arrangements and she's, you know, folding sheets and stuff, they ask where they're going to sleep. The boys say, where are we going to sleep? And -hmm. she says, well, you can stay with your aunts if you want to watch them pluck facial hair. And not a funny joke, really. But. No. There's a moment, just a one lone single out there in the ether. Woo! (laughs) Woo! In the uh, audience.
1: <laughs> there's there's one person who gets really hyped over face, old lady facial hair jokes. <laughs>
0: and I didn't know, I, I thought maybe that might have been the writer. Like, just really championing her own script. Like, you don't hear people talking about women poking their facial hair too much on TV. <laughs> I'm making a stand. I'm doing it. But it, it's the first of many weird audience reactions in this episode. The the audience
1: does have some weird reactions to this. I feel like I feel like maybe maybe the reason the audience looked so weird and paranoid up front was that a lot of them were coked out or something. Like they they stumbled out of an all-night party and straight into the audience line for home improvement. <laughs> and they're they're just Yes, this is amazing! Yell at the old ladies
0: <laughs> They're not old ladies. Yell at those women! Yeah, I they're probably the same age as I am. Um yeah yell at those those fresh-faced young podcasting women <laughs> so tim has that sweet moment with jill and then we find out that the boys are actually going to be sleeping outside uh in a tent testing out benford's new camping equipment that we haven't seen uh for the last few years since the valentine's episode uh yeah, back in did, season two or three it,
1: it didn't go so well before but they're they're taking another sh- crack at it and <laughs> luckily they, 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 they're not gonna be lost in the woods this time <laughs> Yeah, so just lost in the backyard uh, or lost in the tent, which happens to be huge. But uh, when Tim is talking to the boys about this, Randy says, won't we freeze? And Tim just goes, the weak
0: ones will, which I (laughs) thought was pretty good. (laughs) That was a great moment, too. Yeah. Um, So Jill's cleaning and uh, Tim's, you know, really uh, pretending that he's excited for the sisters to visit. Uh I don't have too much to say about that. It it started a, it started a path where I'm like, "Oh, is this where we're going to go?" It didn't go there, but like yeah. He uh, he, he I'm handing yeah, the baton to you.
1: Yeah, uh, thank you and I I am clasping my hand around it to say that, "Yeah, this, this the, is you know, he, this is why we
0: lose the race. <laughs> Every yeah. time we get to each other, we we go through pomp and circumstance and go, "Here you go, sir. This is your baton. Please continue the race forward." Like, yeah, by, yeah. by that point, everyone else has raced by us.
1: Yes, Landon, that's the reason we lose the race is due to baton handoffs and not due to any deficiencies in our athleticism or ability to run quickly (laughs) or for extended period. Well, maybe you can run for a long period of time. Um, I'd like to see Michael Phelps do a home improvement podcast. that's true that's very true you know and come come at me lance armstrong see what you got maybe you've got performance enhancing drugs that make you funny when you talk about this shit um (laughs) if so let me know what they are uh so but tim tim says no you know uh your sisters are wonderful dot dot dot, if you like whacked out neurotic women and jill kind of frowns at him and he says which i do you know it's not it's a low blow it's not okay and but then it kind of is clear that jill agrees with him and Jill mentions also that her sister Robin, quote, the fun one isn't coming, and Tim goes, "Oh, she must also be the smart one." Um, yeah. but Amy kind of Ryan. A, Why yes, not? Come on. Amy Ryan, pour, pour one out for a real one. Well, I she probably she's busy being a cop in Baltimore at this point or a port authority cop in Baltimore <laughs> at this point. Um, or being Michael Scott's girlfriend, etc. Spoilers for 96. For, yes. Okay, well she's it takes your whole life to get ready to date Michael Scott. Um, <laughs> So, uh, but this just kind of sets up the situation and Jill is explaining to Tim about her anxieties about this, where it's going to be her most kind of prickly sisters trying to plan this party and she's going to have to be, as always, playing the peacemaker <laughs> and the referee, which she is not looking forward to. Prickly sisters was my favorite vaudeville act. <laughs> Pri- uh, prickly sister sounds like a-, a $17 cocktail at a speakeasy style bar. Prickly sisters sounds like a
0: post-grunge band. <laughs>
1: <laughs> prickly sisters to me i think is a uh is a garden supply store uh florist shop that sells uh primarily cacti and is run by women and only hires women
0: i can't top that let's continue um no, i think i think
1: you could i think you just want to move along with the show and i wholeheartedly endorse that um so she's,
0: so she's saying well you know um they, they're they always bickering, and I'm always the one that's forced to be the smart, sensible one uh, who keeps everything together. And Tim suggests, well, you know, I think you just need a battle plan. You know, be forceful. Uh, you were the daughter of the colonel, so, um, you know, just use that and, and really set the boundaries. Take command, essentially.
1: Yes. Is... His word. And in response to this, Jill hands him the vacuum and says, Tim, I want you to have this area vacuumed by 1,800 hours and marches out of frame. And <laughs> and we get a Windex transition. <laughs> which imp- implying that Tim actually did what he was asked. So
0: I salute, I salute Jill for taking command. <laughs> uh, Windex transition to the backyard. Tim yep. is introducing the boys to the new Binford line of camping equipment. Um, the tent is so big that it has a TV and an area rug in it.
1: Yes, and uh, Randy says they got everything in there except a bathroom. Oh, contrary! And then, yeah, he Tim opens a flap to reveal that there is a Binford
0: portable toilet with a removable bag in it. The thrown away from home, uh, Binford electric <laughs> toilet. Um, question. Okay. Yeah, I, good. I'm glad you have them, too. No, I have question mark, question mark, question mark. Truman loves this, question mark, question mark, question mark. Wait, wait, why would I love this?
1: Why? Uh, what, I'm not the only one who goes of, to the bathroom on this podcast?
0: In of, not in terms of a bit. In terms of how would you feel about that as an actual camping accessory?
1: See, I because this is why I have so much to say about it. I think that's terrible because <laughs> a tent is small, and uh-huh. even if you poop into the bag and then carry the bag out you've still taken a poop in the tent. Like, the particles are there, dude. And it's like, it's... Even a big tent is still pretty small. And it's like, if you're using that thing, if Tim gets up in the night Mm. and uses that, he's going to be approximately eight inches away from his youngest son's <laughs> not, face. Not, not just the snoring that's going to keep them up. <laughs> that's the, they, they have a joke about the snoring later where it's like, if we cover his nose in his mouth, what's he going to do? And like, I thought, I thought the joke was going to be, it was going to come out the other end. Yeah. Uh, me too. <laughs> Oh Landon uh, it is it is really like we still watch they, the show together
0: but they set it up that way I mean yeah didn't I think it was going to go that direction
1: yeah really the, the, the show faked us out it's it, it has gotten more, <laughs> more unpredictable um so no I wouldn't like this I think that when camping you just you you go to the bathroom outdoors or in the disgusting facilities provided and it's still better than having your business happen right where like literally on top figuratively on top of the people that you are in the tent with. What do you think about about it?
0: What about this? I'm going to just pose a slight improvement that they could make. Okay. It's not attached to the tent, but it is a supplementary tent that you can set up away from the campsite, but still is uh, created the same way that it is, where it's just like a flap. You you build it like it is, and then you can have a, a toilet in a tent that isn't the disgusting facilities that they have on the normal campsites.
1: You know, that I would be more inclined towards, but then also I would just have a lot of weird feelings about after afterwards like the canvas of the specialized pooping tent, like <laughs> what well, like I'm not just going to roll that up and and stick it back under my bed until the next camping trip. I want to like steam clean that <laughs> because I'm worried about what's gonna uh-huh, gr- uh-huh. grow in it it's you know the going
0: to the bathroom is a complicated what if uh, on, activity what if on the packaging it just says self-cleaning microfibers i i, I, don't, I, know. I don't i don't know what those are i'm just saying what I, if it said that i have a couple of microfiber shirts that i have
1: worn for years when i work out and um they don't smell soups clean is what I'm <laughs> gonna say and and that's just that's just body odors from sweat not so not other substances. you're suggesting
0: that this thing will smell poops clean
1: i I am I am suggesting exactly that uh, and let's get away yeah. from this gutter no, humor get, that we're let's in
0: get, let's get away from this gutter humor that you led us into although I, I pro- the show I, the show led us there I just had I, a simple question of whether or not you'd like the product. And, and look,
1: and you know what? Even if you hadn't let us there, I would have talked about this because I had a lot of problems with it. <laughs>
0: but um, yeah, they uh, – they <laughs> Rand, Randy also has problems with it and decides, you know what? I'm going to go use the real plumbing one more time uh, before we camp. Also, 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 I'm sorry. Just on top of all that, just use the bathroom inside. Why would you do anything
1: else when you're camping in the backyard? Because okay, they, have
0: to, they have to test the Binford equipment. It's part of the, the whole deal here. Okay, well, if you're eating a whole lot of
1: meat, it's going to be hard to affect some of the testing procedures, is all I'm going to say. You have
0: to give it the stress test. Oh, <laughs> you what, have, what, to you know have to know what... what the, the rest they can take before you put it to market.
1: You're, you're. I feel like at that point you're giving your own like system a stress test. Like you're, the, the stress test is for your intestines and your digestive system.
0: Oh, Kiersey's gonna love this episode. I, I uh, think,
1: I think she is. Uh, so, as, <laughs> I'll, I'll let her know to. I'll, I'll, I'll find the time code and tell her to skip it. So okay, okay They, they. Randy goes inside, but the ants are all there, and they, uh, the. Tim and Mark and Brad watch in horror as the ants surround uh, Randy and begin kissing him and pinching his cheeks.
0: Where, where, Where is he? I can't even see him. They're nightmares.
1: They swallowed him whole. <laughs> and Jill then beckons the rest of them to come in. And so Brad and Mark go in and Brad shoves Mark forward to try and distract them and then run Just around the side. Throws him to the wolves, so to speak. <laughs> throws him under the bus full of ants. Yep. And, and then the, the ants uh, swarm him too. Yes, and then Tim comes in wearing a mosquito repellent a, a hat, and <laughs>
0: and really, uh, this is a great sight gag. I love this. this I'm is like, really good. That's that's pretty. That's pretty brilliant. It was very. It was very well set up. Of it happens three
1: times, and then Tim has this thing prepared, and then it's followed by a great, great line where. Mark goes, oh, that's supposed to repel mosquitoes. And Tim says, well, I hope it also repels. And then he looks at the three sisters, ants! And... And then the fact that, like, then he's kissing them all hello, and he seems, like, genuinely happy to see them and stuff. Yeah. And it was like, oh, he's actually, okay, he's just joking around. This was fun. I like this. It doesn't have the mean streak to it that it normally does.
0: Well, I have two questions for you, German. One. Yes. Uh, are are uh, they about bathrooms again? No, this is not okay. about bathrooms. Uh, did you have ants that swarmed you like this growing up? And Because I imagine it's a situation you'd hate. You know, I had, um, I, uh, my, the,
1: uh, my aunts were, are two eccentric and kind of standoffish people, much like the rest of my extended family, and so <laughs> there wasn't a lot of swarming, it was more just kind of like standing at a respectable dif- distance and, you know, handing me the $25 Barnes and Noble gift card they gotten me for Christmas that year, and, um, <laughs> then me sitting quietly. So,
0: no, I did not have that. Did, did you, though? With- Jesus Christ. I mean, uh, on some level, that sounds amazing, because... Because I, 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 my my immediate aunts didn't, but like my grandfather's sisters would. They came yeah. from that you know earlier generation that mm-hmm. uh, that did that sort of thing. You know, um, So yeah. That Th- those
1: earlier generations are all about the Charleston, the sock hop, and fussing over Landon.
0: But I just like I couldn't help but picture you. as, like Buster Bluth in that situation <laughs> where it's just like. <laughs> But an entire family of Buster Bluths—that's <laughs> that's really the best way to describe the Cap's
1: family—is just <laughs> it's either a, f- a family a family that is half Buster Bluths and half uh, just, Monk from the TV show Monk.
0: You can walk into a parlor or a living room and <laughs> just nobody—you wouldn't even know. You couldn't see any of your family members, even though they might all be there. <laughs> yes, yes, we all prefer to be seen and not heard, and also not seen if possible. <laughs> Um, well okay so then the second part that I had to ask you was uh, even if that did make you uncomfortable I have to warn you the answer coming to do that to you because we have a double character actor corner
1: no <laughs>
0: they're pinching your cheeks
1: no oh, this is so weirdly affectionate I don't like it <laughs> just be normal what is, what is it about being my mother's
0: sisters that makes you act this way <laughs> uh, okay so we have three sisters we have met Carrie a couple times before. Uh, mm-hmm. Just as a reminder, in a, a two weeks in a row, the Karn family is making an appearance here on the show, making their oh. impressions. Uh, Tootie Roche is um, playing Carrie. Mm-hmm. She's back. I think this is her third, maybe fourth appearance. But oh. uh, for their first appearance, we have Tracy and Linda, um, Jill's two sisters who we have not met before. So let's start with Tracy. She is played by Mary Edith Burrell. 39 okay. credits. Mm. Uh, she goes back, before Home Improvement, to Barnaby Jones, Dallas, Taxi, Newhart. A show <laughs> uh, called Throb. <laughs> uh,
1: maybe, maybe retitle that one <laughs> before, before you put it on, on streaming. She, she before it goes on Old Disney+. Plus.
0: She was uh, <laughs> in... 48 episodes of a show called Throb. I'm just going to read the the description of this real quick. Mm. A genial sitcom about a young record company exec and his attempts to discover new talent while scouting his own talent. I don't know why talent is in in cap in, uh scare quotes there but it is. when you when you've got when you've got the word
1: th- when it's called throb and then you put talent in quotation marks all I'm thinking is boogie nights
0: at this point it like it all just seems like pulling out my talent hope you like it <laughs> well i i bring this up only because uh it also co-starred for all 48 episodes with uh Mary Edith Burrell, a uh young up-and-coming actress by the name of Jane Leavies. Oh! Okay, okay, okay. Daphne I'm happy about Frasier. that. Yes, yes. Uh, okay. I wow. I didn't
1: know that she had such a such a robust pre-frazier <laughs> career. But I, I guess that's really
0: more my my ignorance than, than anything there you else. There yeah. uh, She. So Mary Edith Burrell. Uh, I know her most as uh, the mother of the boy who says fuck on Seinfeld. <laughs> and in the episode where uh, Kramer gets a uh, share of the non-fat yogurt place, it turns out to be rarely filled with yo- uh, fat. Yeah,
1: and Jerry says, this is so fucking good, and then
0: the kid is saying it all the time. Yeah. So she's yeah. the, the angry mother of that boy. Um, after Home Improvement, she was on Murder, She Wrote, Chicago Hope, Truman. I, I, not to put the pressure on, mm-hmm. but you, you got the title this week. I know, I, I know I got the title this week. So... Just with that stakes, the question is, was she on ER? Don't forget, you have three clues you can ask. Was she on NYPD Blue? She was not on NYPD Blue. I did say she was on Chicago Hope, though, right? Yes, you did. Okay. Uh, and Frazier? She was not on Frazier. Cheers. She was not on Cheers. I'm going to say
1: that she was not on ER. You are right! <sighs>
0: Okay, that's good. Mary, I like that. Ma- Mary Edith Burrell uh, has thirty nine credits. None of them are ER. In fact, uh, Home Improvement is one of her last. Um, well, she, something
1: about this episode really, really put her off.
0: <laughs> she only did a TV movie, uh, Mike Hammer, Private Eye, starring Stacy Keach. My grandparents love that. Uh, mm-hmm. She played a nun in the wrestling movie Ready to Rumble. That was her <laughs> last credit. Uh, that I, I I guess it's not a wrestling movie about a
1: wrestler and a nun who team up for some reason, but I think that that would be a good idea for a movie. Com- it combines your love of wrestling and my love of, I suppose, service of the Catholic
0: Church. Um, okay, okay. All right. Second character after Corner, we're going All into right. Linda, played by Carlene Watkins. She has 31 Watkins. credits. All right. Uh, those are... Columbo, Dukes of Hazard, Galactica mm. nineteen eighty. That's the All sequel right. series. I don't know. if no, you ever I, watch that one? Did you watch I, the I old did, stuff? I, I watched like one episode of the old stuff,
1: but as a okay. fan of the new stuff, I am i I I'm familiar with Galactica nineteen eighty. That's the one where they find Earth and it's Earth in nineteen eighty and they have to like it's kinda like Transformers. And that they're in that they're and that there are is aliens it, is it in like
0: disguise. Star Trek uh, uh um Next turn, oh wait, uh, insur- no, not Insurrection. No, Star Trek 4. Uh, I can't First remember. First Contact? The, yeah, no, that was, nope. Oh, <laughs> that was, oh wait. That was That was Star Trek First Contact. Star Trek oh, A IV. New Hope. <laughs> exactly, yep. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know, I'm blanking on the byline of that one, but. Um, uh, yeah, the one where they get the whale. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. like that. Okay, moving forward, she was also in BJ and the Bear. She was okay. also on Taxi, Magnum PI. Truman, you're going to love this. She was on all 13 episodes of the spin-off, The Tortellis.
1: <gasps> <laughs> oh, my God,
0: Landon. I am genuinely very happy about that.
1: <laughs> which, which of the Tortellis did she play? Was she Carla's sister?
0: Uh, she I don't know that she was a Tortelli, but she was on The Tortellis. Uh, she played a character called Charlotte Cooper.
1: Hmm, hmm, interesting, interesting. Okay, I got to I got to find more of those Tortellis episodes on on YouTube and watch them. <laughs> I I've tried to watch a couple. The problem is that the Tortellis is seriously extremely bad, like it's yeah. so 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 bad that it's yeah, very hard to watch. Yeah. That's how the robbers was. Yeah, well, there there we go. Spinoffs named after families don't work except the Jeffersons. Yeah. Um <laughs> was this lady on NYPD Blue? She was not on NYPD Blue. Was she, was she on the tortelli spin-off cheers she was not on cheers and and
0: was she on the tortelli spin-off frasier she was on an episode of frasier in 1997 the episode mm. called liar liar okay okay um that
1: again that information is never helpful to me it's just general <laughs> interest um oh boy this is tough, and the pressure's really on, Landon, and, and I'm going to say that just based on all of the criteria that I used to make this decision, it points towards her not having been on ER, so I'm going to say, no, she was not on ER.
0: For all the
1: Chalupas, she was not on ER. Oh, my God, Landon. Pressure's
0: on for you now. hope you get that grunt count oh, right. Man. Oh, man. I, I just want to say, I Ooh. I should have said this before you even answered. Uh, I have a controversial grunt count guess, Oh, for fuck's sake, dude. I'll do our listeners due diligence and talk through it before I give my final answer. But uh, holy cow, this could be the episode, sir. This is a wow, this is exciting. This is like podcast history being made right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, let's get back to this episode currently in progress. Tim with the mosquito hat, that episode or that scene ends later. um, The. Uh, the sisters are setting out lunch, and they start to talk about, uh, or just reminisce and catch up with uh, things that they've missed over the last—I uh, don't know—since last time they saw each other. One of them says uh, that they lost two hundred pounds since the divorce,
1: and a uh, hundred and seventy of that was the ex-husband. Ooh.
0: Take that, ex. <laughs> I'm gonna, German as the editor, expect you to take out my sound effects and put in the real sound effect. Oh, okay, but and yet
1: and yet you want to go up on a stage and sing the whole Home Improvement song, but now suddenly you're against. I don't want. I,
0: I, I don't want to sing it. I want to. Uh, I want to play it, but I can't mm-hmm. play anything.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm, I see. I see. Well, okay. You can. You can. You can be a DJ. You can just hit play on a laptop. You know what I think I could do. What could you do? I. I if we're gonna go and do this Home Improvement jam band. Yes, I would put a bunch of screws inside of a plastic container and shake it like a uh, maraca. Okay. I feel like I could do that. You're basically saying you'd be one of the K and B construction guys at the end yes. of the first
1: season. Yes. Okay. Okay. You know what? I I I would I would. You know what?
0: I would let you in my band doing that. I would probably. And I would yeah. do the grunts. I could. I, okay. I would. I'm not saying I would do the grunts well. I'm saying I would offer to do the grunts.
1: You know what? Well, a big part of doing the grunt, it's not so much about skill; it's about feeling it and committing
0: fully to it. So, I trust and, that you would be able to do that. And timing, timing, true, also is particularly good, but- in a in a jam session. You got to feel when it's the right time for a grunt. You don't want to mm-hmm. come out prematurely. You don't want to go in the middle of a solo. You don't want to be ruining other people's vibes. You gotta you gotta feel when it's building to the moment of a grunt, and then you gotta take the grunt moments when it comes. You can't let it pass you. It's it's, it's very important.
1: The thing is, it doesn't bode well for us, though, because we have a hard enough time just handing off who's going to recount which part of the episode of Home Improvement we watched. So then we need to have... <laughs> Isn't that how
0: jam bands work? As soon as someone's done uh, with their solo, they go, okay, now you go and you try the uh, the flute for a little bit, and uh, we'll see how that sounds? And yeah, they basically are just <laughs> passing the instruments around. There are big, big patches of
1: silence in we any did given in kindergarten. jam band song. Yeah, well, okay, and that's probably why everybody in, in your class got sick at the same time, if you're all sharing the same... <laughs> (laughs) Same flute. Um, Jill's sister, Linda, was uh, the one who's lost all the weight, was helped out by a psychic nutritionist. Mm -hmm. And uh, so she's kind of the woo-woo out there one. Uh, And then Carrie, her other sister, is uh, the one who is always being forgotten. There is... She complains that they forgot her her lunch order. And she says, everybody always forgets Carrie. You did the same thing to me at the cottage last summer. And the response comes, you were at the cottage last summer? Uh, so, <laughs> you know, establishing,
0: establishing their bits, establishing yep. their characters. Uh, Tracy thinks that Linda's stuff is kooky. Uh, and then that cues her to say, you know, why do you go to a psychic nutritionist? I just weigh my food. And she pulls out a weight, a scale out of her purse. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so an eccentric family. Let's say a lot going on there, a lot to unpack. You know, I wasn't uh, in a military family, so I can't speak to this, but uh, it doesn't surprise me. The, the 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 stresses of
1: the knowledge that your dad could die at any minute in service of his country, uh, perhaps
0: you know, creates some weird uh, weird downstream effects on the kids. Uh, they're all splitting salads, and Carrie's uh, upset that they forgot her Cobb salad. Uh, that's yep. basically the scene. We cut to yep. outside. Uh, the boys walk over from the tent to see what Tim has grilling on the grill. Uh, he's got a steak going, and Brad... I, uh, <laughs> I I paused this moment when I was watching it yeah. to look at all the boys' faces to see if any of them crack a smile because they're all of the age where a line like this would <laughs> probably make one of them snigger to themselves. Yes. And Brad says... Wow, that's the biggest piece of meat I've ever seen. <laughs> and how none are the of the reactions. None of them they, broke. They were all stone faced. But I caught a glimpse of myself in the mirror and saw myself laughing at it, and thought, "My God, you need to grow up." <laughs> uh, I love that. Uh, I love that JTT and the others are
1: such professionals that even as, <laughs> even at the complicated age they're at, they can't let it. You know, they they won't
0: let themselves laugh at a joke about <laughs> about meat. Um and. So he goes. Well, you should see the one that I've got for myself. And then Tim pulls out a flank steak that is just gigantic, it, uh, bigger than his head. And Brad's like, "You're going to eat that whole thing?" Uh, and he goes. Tim goes, "Yeah." He gives basically the answer that I give when someone asks me if I'm going to eat the whole pizza. <laughs> and <laughs> JTT, uh, I, I felt for him in this episode because they gave him a lot of shit jokes. <laughs> not <laughs> like not literally like sh- in this not case. not shitty jokes, but like. Poop jokes, <laughs> and uh, he pulls one out of the uh, the jaws cannon and says, uh, "I think we're going to need a bigger bag for that throne." <laughs> let's also let's also acknowledge that when Tim pulls out this
1: enormous enormous stake for himself, the mm-hmm. audience. Cheers. Oh yeah, the audience. They, it's like it's like it, in uh, it's like in Avengers when like Black Panther comes back, or like in Little <laughs> Women when we find out that Bob Odenkirk is the dad and he says, "My little that was, women." That was just
0: you. That was just
1: you. <laughs> that was just me. No, I feel like everyone was doing it. It felt like the whole world rose up and cheered with me. Um, but yeah, like they, just like the the sight of that much meat that got them just whipped up into a
0: frenzy. <laughs> uh, maybe. Maybe it was just a bunch of carnivores that uh, they starved before the episode, and so they're all just riled up, ready to give their uh, voice their opinion for every joke.
1: Look, I would wager that the audience is full of carnivores because lots of people showed up to see Richard Karn. Whether or not they got, that gets them excited about the meat as well, who can say? Um, maybe there was like maybe it's like a butcher's convention was in LA,
0: <laughs> and they were like, "Oh, so I'll go see a home improvement taping," and then it was like,
1: "Yeah, that's our shit!" Woo.
0: <laughs> that's that's what they've resorted to to filling out the home improvement audience.
1: Yeah. Uh, we get
0: a crown and Scepter Arrant butchers. <laughs> we get a crown and scepter, cracking the screen in half to the next scene where we go inside. Uh, Jill uh, has her notes on all the centerpieces for this party. She walks it over to the, the living room area where all the girls are talking about what they're going to do for this freaking party, man. They're putting it together. Yeah. Well, they're trying to at least, but
1: they keep getting off track uh, first, there's an argument about the fact that the guest list has increased, it's going to mean more tables are going to have to have 13 people at them, and- Oh my god, well, okay,
0: let's not skip too fast through this, because I- I have notes that need to be addressed. Okay, let's address those notes. The first thing was, uh, that Tracy suggests, oh, why don't we get some tulips, and Linda protests and say, no, no, my aromatherapist says that that gives off negative energy, and Carrie goes, you have a- Aromatherapist, and she goes, "Yeah, it's in the same building as my cat's hypnotist," <laughs> which is, you know, a good, uh, a, you know, I feel like that's a good bit. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was going to be a bit. It was, she was serious about it though, um, <laughs> which is like really pushing this character into parody territory. But yeah. Okay. But again, we're watching home improvement. I'm just like, you know, it wasn't I get it. Going yeah, to yeah, yeah I get it. nuanced. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Uh, so Jill goes, you know, she sees that it's starting to veer away from, you know, agreements into disagreements and she goes, "Okay, well, let's just let's just move on to something where we can um all agree." Carrie, uh, what what do we got for the guest list? You finished that, right? And she goes, "Yep, it's 125 people, all of Mom's friends, and the one guy who's still talking to Dad." <laughs> I feel like that's that's also very just true to life, though. I feel I, like, <laughs> I feel like the older men agree get with the le,
1: the fewer friends they have, the more the more uh,
0: unbearable we become. <laughs> is that is that it? I mean, my question with that joke was just what what is the truth behind it? Because it is so true. I I mean I think it's I
1: think it's just that women like prioritize relationships and uh-huh. building good networks and friendships and and making a point of socializing, whereas men are not in touch with their emotions and just <laughs> men, pr- men prioritize learning about World War II history. Yeah. Uh, yes. Exactly. It's like oh well I was I was gonna call Bill and see how he was doing, but then you know History Channel had the thing about the Lusitania and what do you want me to do? <laughs>
0: And uh, now, next thing you know it 's been twenty years, and we haven 't talked to each other,
1: yeah, because after the Lusitania thing, then they 're showing the dirty dozen. Well, what do you want
0: <laughs> um anyway so uh jill er, uh, uh, chasey Tracy, Tracy protests at this number, uh hearing one hundred and twenty five there should be uh we agreed that it would only be one hundred and twenty people because it worked out to ten tables of twelve then Linda says well that 's fine, we could just do five tables of twelve and seven tables of thirteen. Or uh, something to that degree. I got way, lost way in the math. Way too much math. Way I too got, much I math. I got way lost in the math. I, I would be the sister who sits quietly and lets them figure that one out, <laughs> which happened to be Carrie. Um, Jill then tries to redirect the uh, the tension to go, okay the photo album let's just do the photo album uh we can all agree on that we all have our photos bring them out ladies let's see let's see our photos they all start dumping out various containers and purses of all the photos that they brought to put together this nice little family photo album for everything and uh Truman um please sir I'm doing a little bow and presenting the baton uh very luxuriously to you and and the jam continues okay people (laughs) I hope you like I hope you like Zydeco
1: um (laughs) Yeah, she sees uh they so so Tracy uh okay, they find a picture of Tracy sitting on Linda's ex-husband's lap. So basically it yeah. it shows that one of the sisters had an intimate relationship with the other sister's husband and it comes out that uh yeah, Tracy, I guess, dated Linda's husband before they got married, and then also has seen him some since the divorce, which is a huge revelation, and it very quickly comes out that Jill knew about this, but never told anybody else because Tracy swore her to secrecy, and then right then Tim comes in, and you know it and finds out oh we just heard about uh, tracy and linda's ex-husband and tim goes uh tim goes oh yeah yeah they were they were together for they were hot and heavy for a long time and they ask how tim heard about it and he points to jill and says big blabbermouth over here but yes yeah, so then off of that we uh we go to a commercial off of tim calling jill <laughs> a uh,
0: big blabbermouth the scene rips in half just like the photo uh two hands tear the, s- the screen in half which is uh alarming yes uh, we Come back from commercial into um, the backyard, into the tent where all the boys are awake because of Tim's snoring. Yeah, and uh, Brad and Randy, they all kind of prop themselves up on their on their you know elbows and look over at Tim. And uh, <laughs> yeah, my, my my note was all the boys sit up at once in a funny and appealing
1: way, like the way they all just like <laughs> prop themselves up, each one looking a little further than the other one.
0: Um. And, uh, yeah, Tim's snoring away, and Mark goes, um, well, what if we close his nose? (laughs) Well, then sound comes out of his mouth. Well, uh, what if we then close his mouth as well? Well, that's called murder. <laughs> I, th- um, I think that's called murder. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah, might yeah, be yeah, your delivery's better. one of the best line. I don't, I didn't mean to correct you. I just wanted to point out I, this a contender for best line of this episode to me. I, I, I would agree. Also a good name for a true crime podcast. I think that's called murder.
1: <laughs> Um, and then Jill enters the tent because she could yep. hear Tim snoring
0: from upstairs. <laughs> I was I was kind of hoping they were going to continue this this joke, like have Wilson pop in, have the ants yeah. pop in, everyone fitting into this tent. But um, anyway, she uh, she wakes Tim up, uh, and Tim <laughs> Tim has kind of a funny line here too, where uh, after she wakes him up, he sees the boys looking at him and goes, "Why'd you have to wake up the boys?" Yeah. <laughs>
1: um. Yeah, yeah, but she pulls she pulls Tim now awake out of the tent, yep. and uh, you know she asks Tim for advice about how to get her sisters to stop fighting so they can plan the party because they wasted the whole evening just bickering. Yeah, and uh, Tim recommends that she do what he did with his brothers to get them in line, which is to open a six pack, <laughs> crack them on the asses with a wet towel, and uh, tell them to <laughs> tell to get to work, and that uh, Jill does not seem to go in for that. She doesn't think that's going to work at all.
0: No, but his point is just like, you got to be stern with them. Uh, you know, <laughs> he, gets really disappointed that, that she's not going to do the towel thing. Cause uh, he says, they got some pretty good targets. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's all <laughs> it deserves. Is, yeah. we um, <laughs> Regret but, bringing it up, but uh, we get a uh, hand. Well, yeah. I was, but then Jill said,
1: like Tim gives us pep talk and Jill says, yeah, I'm going to give them one more chance. And if any of them give me any lip at all, I'm telling mommy and daddy. And then she just runs inside. Very
0: funny. <laughs> Very funny. We get a uh, hand, com- a gigantic hand coming out of the tent uh, and slapping a towel at the screen. Or not even <laughs> slapping a towel. It just, it kind of threw a towel. The, the, this, the, the episode throws in the towel. It's, you know, after slap, you know, spinning it and then slapping a guy's ass with it, it. It then takes that towel and just kind of tosses it into the hamper. That's this needs that- to be washed. <laughs> uh, and we go to the living room. Where uh, Jill, uh, uh, she's, you know, all the the, uh, sisters are there, and she goes, can we just put everything aside? And, you know, they kind of come together with a big group hug, and they're able to set everything from the previous night aside but
1: they they start group hugging and they're all going ah and then they all look and realize that they've
0: forgotten to include Carrie in the group hug which <laughs> this is, is another this big so audience good. reaction here yeah everyone's yeah. like it did kind of feel like they they ported it over the um audience from full house here where yeah. <laughs> they just had the, the big canned ooh, you know all it, it, those cliche reactions the, This
1: is the first episode where they installed a bunch of new, uh, more detailed directives to the uh, applause sign. It's, you know, hoot, yell, ooh.
0: Instead of, like, uh, the old school ones where it was printed and slid into, like, a light box, they have a new digital one where they could type anything into it, and it it displays up there. So they get a lot more nuanced with their uh, instructions to the audience.
1: Yeah, it's like a freeway road sign. You can just, uh, (laughs) you know. Like L.A. Story. (laughs) Yeah 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 exactly exactly you got to solve the riddle by the end of the movie um so Anyway, Tim comes in with waffles that he was making outside, a big old stack of waffles, as well as six different types of hot links. I got
0: extremely hungry watching this. <laughs> six six meats. I'm not going to lie. The, there's two things that I miss. I'm going to get to the other one later in this episode. Like This episode was taunting me with food that I've missed from the pandemic. Waffles and pancakes are mm. number one on what I've been craving list. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, this made me miss them a lot, too. I was I, Something else that
1: I was watching recently had people at a diner eating a shitload of pancakes. And I got really nostalgic.
0: Well, let's not go to the diner yet because I—that's the other thing. But uh, Tim goes to to Linda. She's like, "I know you're not. Uh, I know you don't eat meat, but um, I suggest you try one of these links. This is going to get you back into it. What I like to do is take this uh, sausage link and then wrap it in bacon, and then uh, take the Canadian bacon and put it in that. And it's like a pig in a blanket wearing a parka." <laughs> <laughs> which is a good bit. I think I, I like that.
1: I like that. He is basically reconstructing the pig that has yep. been turned into all these different products.
0: And so here's what I like about this whole construction of the scene is that Tim is finally the one that is making food and feeding other people. He's yeah. not the one. It's not Jill doing it for the family. It's he's taking delight in making food and feeding others. Uh, Cause then he gets really excited and says, I got a big surprise for everyone. And then he rushes outside um, and the, the sisters start talking about the restaurant that they want to uh, book for the place. Tracy says, uh, oh, I got a place uh, by me. I know it's, a, it's called uh, Clancy's. It's a chicken place. Um, and Linda goes, oh, no, no, no. I think I know another place. It's a, a Korean place. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Carrie has probably my third contender line for the, <laughs> the episode where she goes, Korean that should bring some really nice war memories back for dad. <laughs> that being
1: said, uh, if you are having kind of a large uh, family group, well, actually, no, if you have 125 people, maybe you don't want to have everybody grilling their own meat on a little burner right in the center of the <laughs> restaurant. So maybe maybe bulgogi wouldn't be the greatest idea for them.
0: <laughs> maybe not. Um, then Tim comes in bringing Cajun patties, and he delivers a line here. <laughs> uh, You'll love them, I guarantee it. And is that what he was going for? I, I was going to say it like verged on on maybe culturally insensitive, maybe racism, but it like barely sounds like the colonel, let alone anything. It, it sounded more like Adam Sandler doing the clucking bucket than yeah. it did him doing a Cajun voice. It's it's definitely like yeah I mean he's definitely trying to do a Cajun
1: accent but he's doing it so half-heartedly or yeah. not even half-heartedly he's just not fully going in on the accent it's like he's trying to sell it by like squatting halfway <laughs> which was weird but uh, I but I no but I did like just like off of the off of Tim cooking for everybody for for a change the the fact that this episode is really it's not my sisters are in town and Tim has responsibilities and he's shirking them and it's Jill mm-hmm. being mad at Tim for not being supportive. It's really Jill dealing with her sisters, Tim just trying to help out and being yeah. a goofy idiot, which is yeah. which is great. So like <laughs> the fact that it's, they're having it's this the big best o- Tim yeah, it's just th- them having this big argument and Tim obliviously plying them with different types of meat I think is very funny.
0: <laughs> um, but they're all disagreeing about the band that they should uh, hire. They really want to hire this one mu- uh, musician by the name of... Did you write it down? No, plying I did not write it down. No, I was like... <laughs> uh, something Pfefferman. Frank Pfefferman. I think it was the Harry, H- five. Harry, he- Harry Hefferman. Um, and... Uh, of course, they start to get in a disagreement about this, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the, the whole argument starts to start back up. Anyway, Jill gets really mad. She's sick of being the referee between all of her sisters. She kind of mm-hmm. tells him off, and then she storms out. And um, the girls start to, like, go, man, why is she so sensitive? <laughs> all right in front of Tim. And Tim finally gets down to business and sticks up for Jill, uh, which I liked. I didn't like the way he did it, but I, I liked that he pointed out to them, like, I don't like you guys talking about my wife this way. She was up all night worrying about you because you guys. I'm not going to repeat the line, but um, at him doing this, the audience lost their mind in in a way that made
1: me a little uncomfortable. Yes. Like the audience was very excited to see him put those women in their place. Like just, it,
0: it, it was weird, a little awkward. Yeah, a weirdly
1: kind of primal guttural response from the crowd. Like, yeah, tell him to shut
0: up. I'm going to just tell myself that it wasn't that. And it was more that he just took the meat away from them.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, because he says, and from now on, you're no longer welcome at my sausage bar. And he takes all the food and marches out to triumphant (laughs) whoops. So I hope that's just people liking meat content. It's the butcher's convention. Again,
0: we, uh, we get the next scene sliding into, uh, sliding into place. We get one scene sliding transition every episode. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why they decided to make that a staple, but they did. And we go to the diner. My God, I miss diners. Truman, that's the one thing I love diners so much. Yeah. Before yeah. the quarantine, Ugh. they're probably the one place <laughs> that probably skirted a lot of health codes to begin with. I don't know that they're going to be the safest place to go back to after the pandemic. But well, my God, is seeing this, I was like, oh. I just want to sit in a booth with some shitty coffee and some yeah. really just stale pancakes.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I watched an Anthony Bourdain episode where he goes to a Waffle House recently, and I just about cried. It's just Aww. too much yeah i know it's sad it's sad um, but this also gives us some dolores action though we jill and dolores. Get some dolores
0: and i always love i love dolores so much uh yeah always welcome to see her again she she says hi to jill as she comes in and you know she kind of bitches oh that guy gave me a four cent tip but jokes on him that veggie burger was made of pork yeah i'm landon <laughs> how did you feel about that as a vegetarian uh, i know not to order meat uh or meat adjacent items at a diner so that's why i'm getting the pancakes. Ah, very good, very good. uh,
1: so, but then she runs into or like Wilson comes into the diner right after Jill gets seated, and yeah, and he explains
0: that he came here to get away from the flank steak fumes out back. Let's not get too too fast here. I know we're long in the tooth in this episode, but sir, yeah, yeah, this is the pivotal scene of the episode for me, sure,
1: sure. okay, yeah, I, I mean, I was just going off my notes, but maybe there was okay. more happened there that there, I uh, well, I wasn't reading between the lines properly, precisely,
0: sir. Oh, there we go. Oh, is there this, a calendar? Th- this scene just begs to be read between the lines. Okay. There th- this is the type of scene that is written for blog posts 20 years later. <laughs> Wilson doesn't just come in and sit down at Jill's table. No, 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 no. He comes up, and he sidles next to Dolores.
1: And he goes, mm, mm-hmm.
0: mm, can I get a cup of your mocha java? And she goes, Mocha java, Mr. Fancy? And then he goes and sits down with Jill. Uh, yeah, did these two <laughs> did is, is, is there a possibility? <laughs> there's a there's a probability I'd say Are, is Wilson and Dolores doing the deed behind Harry's back. I look, whether or not
1: that's show Canon, I feel like uh, uh, Earl Hinman and the w- actress who plays Dolores. <laughs> I'm Surely sure they, press yeah, like yeah. they were. I think that they. I think that they talked and were like, "Hey, let's give our characters a little backstory to influence our performance." Because she Be- looks at him oh, with more affection and kind of like warmth than I have seen her direct towards it's,
0: anyone else on the show. It's the look, but a very different kind of look. It's <laughs> the look. These two, they really, honestly, have the glow of two people who had sex the night before, and that uh, they're y- keeping it from everybody around them. And and the, the and
1: that him showing up there and having her serve him a fancy coffee is part of their like it's part, after yeah. play. It's like it's part of their their sexy ritual. It's like she, pretending oh, like man. we don't know.
0: That fifteen minute break she's gonna take at ten fifteen is like <laughs> the thing that they're looking for. They're gonna edge each other all through <laughs> <the> breakfast <laughs> until she takes that break. The uh, the careless whisper saxophone solo is just, just <laughs> blazing in the background. <laughs> Oh, okay. I had to get that off my chest because it was just so blatant that I couldn't address it. But I look,
1: I, I, and just to let you know, just, as as earlier you said, I promise that I'm not just. Entr- I didn't write this down after the fact. I did write down the note in all caps. Dolores seems to love Wilson, so I was gonna talk about <laughs> it. I was not gonna let that go by, but no, that's that's huge. That is yeah. huge. The reaction that they get. Um.
0: Uh, but anyway, they take this uh, uh, moment to have Jill and Wilson talk uh, out her problem with her sisters. And um, he says, oh, yeah, I saw them pulling away from the house in a cab. And she gets kind of upset. She's like, oh, great. They love it. And so now I'm the only one left doing this party planning. Do you know what it's like for everyone to come to you with their problems and expect you to solve them? <laughs> and Wilson
1: just gives her this look over the top of the menu. And he gives this her the <laughs> Yes. I
0: learned that one from my lover. <laughs> More evidence. Sir, This I know I've thrown out weird theories in the past, but this one, this one, I, Th- no. I'm saying, this is the one. Th- this, this one, no, this is, I think, my
1: favorite of all of the theories that we've done. Because Randy is a serial killer. That doesn't really fit anymore. But yeah. the fact that that Wilson could be making a cuckold of Harry is really, <laughs> really appealing. Because also, Wilson... Shops at Harry's Hardware. That's yes. the fucked up part. Like he—he's like <laughs> Harry's friend, kind of. Maybe not as close as as Tim, but cl- like this shit would blow up the entire neighborhood.
0: Yeah. Yes. Um. Oh my goodness. So, and I also want to point out, last week the Halloween episode, we had one of the weakest hide the face gags of the series with the spoon and the turning of the shoulder. Blah blah blah. I hated it. This is possibly one of the best <laughs> uh, hide the face gags. Flex. So, like, this scene must have taken
1: forever to shoot, but, oh, (laughs) man, yeah, of just, like, he steps to one place, and, like, at one point, the the coffee pot that Dolores is holding is, like,
0: blocking, like, the coffee inside it. Blocks the lower part of his face. That was what was impressive to me. So it starts with him coming in, and when he sidles up to Dolores, he sidles up behind her, and it's her head that's blocking the bottom of his face. So already kind of a, a, you know, um, (laughs) not so mutually... You know, uh, mutual friend of a position to be in. Anyway, he sits down and then he picks up a menu, and so the menu's blocking the bottom of his face. And then it switches to he sets it down, and Jill picks up a menu, and her menu's blocking the bottom of his face. And the second that she sets hers down, Dolores comes over in an amazing bit of timing with the coffee pot, pours the coffee into the cup and as soon as she takes it away he has the mug in front of his face (laughs) and and
1: like like holding it under his nose and savoring it with his arms propped up on the table it's it's
0: master class in blocking i had a question for you here which was uh, i was gonna criticize how he's holding the cup in front of his face because it did start to get kind of apparent by the end of the scene but then i thought I think I do the same thing. So I want to ask you, as someone who sat across from me drinking coffee before, yes, uh, I feel like I've held the cup in front of my face. Like <laughs>
1: I've I've seen you do that. Yeah, that's like kind of a you like like enjoying the aromas of it, and also just sort of yeah. playing with the cup as you talk. Yeah, that's yeah. I, it's been so, it's been so long since we've done a thing in public and like right. it had to be in a restaurant and consume a thing around other people. But yeah, I think that's I think that's real. I think that fits. Also, yeah, it's a cold day, and maybe his hands are cold. That's true. Um,
0: okay, so what, uh, what advice does he give her? I, I didn't, I got lost in the, (laughs) I got lost between the lines.
1: Okay, so, so Jill is lamenting how, how easy it is for crazy impulsive people and how sensitive people suffer, and Wilson says, well, we have to learn to fight back, like, and Wilson is lamenting himself, it's, it's not a walk in the park to stand behind that fence all the time and be expected to come up with some sort of helpful (laughs) quotation. Right. But, uh. Wilson says we have to learn to fight back uh, people like you and I by doing what you did today and Jill is confused and he explains you lost control you said the first thing that came to mind you didn't care what anybody said congratulations Jill you're a nut and so the you know the, the literal takeaway from what he's saying is that like you showed you're just as crazy as they are the Figurative takeaway that you have to kind of look at with your eyes squinted to get to it is that <laughs> you you have to it's a, it, is a,
0: it's a magic eye advice
1: yeah yeah it's a it's one of those hologram things where you stand on one side and it looks it's one of those pillows where you rub your hand <laughs> down it and it turns into a different type of advice but but if you run it the other way it's Nick Cage's face yeah exactly exactly that's that's the that's the biggest takeaway is that uh, is that Nicholas Cage <laughs> um, but it's this message about you know you need to even with your loved ones you should not drive yourself insane trying to appease them you need to let them know when they're like you you know you need to take care of yourself you need to set boundaries and communicate with them when they're getting on your nerves Mm -hmm. and and let them know when they need to make changes to make you feel more you know cared for and appreciated and i think that's 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 really good stuff so i think that's some of wilson's all-time best advice
0: agreed And, you know, I think they wanted to keep that for posterity because the scene turns into a photo. uh, It snapshots and goes into the uh, family photo album that they're putting together in the living room in the next scene. Yep. Tim, Brad, Randy and Mark are all going through pictures
1: for the album. Uh, Brad says, here's a good picture of grandma and grandpa on their wedding day. And Tim goes, that's your mom and me. And then Randy goes, oh, yeah, the church is on fire. (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh Jilt walks in and they're almost done with the album uh, they booked the place and they booked the and my notes stop for some reason the um, the the band the f- oh, the, the band the right Frankie You're Pfefferman right. five <laughs> uh, the sisters come back um they just went to get out uh, some floral ideas they came back with a bunch of uh, bags of samples and stuff uh, to get some ideas yeah and uh, and they didn't they didn't abandon basically uh the the whole project and Tim's goes, Well, yeah, of course they took a cab. They weren't gonna fit in the nomad or the Healy, and they certainly aren't driving my Mustang Which answers the question that we've posed this season. How many cars do they have and what kind? <laughs> so a total
1: of three total of three cars. So Jill took the Nomad, which I guess is the is the, their station wagon muscle car. Jill mm. has the Healy. Tim yeah. has the Mustang like it's just not
0: practical family cars. None of, On these top are good of to, the cars. On top of the hot rod that he's building.
1: Yes. All of which are Or did he finish that? I've completely
0: lost track at this
1: point. No, I don't think he finished it. I think it's still, like, just sort of happening. Just, uh, like, he's got a Mitt Romney
0: car elevator that they're all stored (laughs) in, I guess. Uh, Anyway, Linda admits that Tim really helped them. Uh, They all make up, and... um, the boys lament that the ants are still saying, and so they all return to the land of meat outside.
1: Randy says, I guess the meat fest continues once again with a completely straight face. <laughs>
0: uh, then we go to the stinger. Well,
1: uh, uh, wait. Oh, yeah. what it we'll was? Tim that. is following them out saying, guys, come on. I can marinate a skirt steak. I can do a pork barbecue. It'll be hams across America.
0: <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, to tie Which it is back to of, my...
1: Yes, your your nickname so long ago. It's one of my favorite lines in the episode. Everybody respect.
0: <laughs> uh, we get the stinger. The boys uh, are <laughs> outside at night. Tim is sleeping, and they drag him, stuck as a rug in his sleeping bag, uh, outside of the tent. Doesn't seem like that would solve the snoring problem. If they N- could, <laughs> a tent isn't you know,
1: insulated. Yeah, yeah. Real, I mean, that the, the tent flap isn't enough to insulate the smell or the sound from the, uh, from the toilet. It's not yeah. going to be enough to insulate the sound of Tim's snores.
0: Uh, Jill comes out again, hits Tim in the stomach, and thanks him for helping her. Uh, she, you know, was uh, worried that there'd be, um, you know, without her sisters, this big emotional void in her life. And she's like, but, you know, as long as I've got you, there'll never be a void in my life. And, Except... And she- On the Tool Time set in the oil drum.
1: Yeah, I was was thinking about that. It's weird to hear them say void on this show. (laughs) The only thing weirder is if one of them says grunt work at some point. I'm going to lose my shit. Um, (laughs) But no, that that last scene got a legit off from me because it's like Tim really did do a sweet. Tim has been a really sweet and considerate and helpful husband in this episode. And Jill appreciating it. It's like, wow, okay, this is one of the first episodes. I mean, there have been certainly a few, but one of the first episodes where I'm like, you know what? These two should be married. They
0: seem to really <laughs> love
1: each other and help one another out. I liked to see that. Well, unlike
0: Bob Odenkirk in Little Women, uh, this did get the audience to go, ah, with you. Yes. Um, and in a weird bit, I mean, that's the end of the episode. We don't even get outtakes this week.
1: Yeah, and also, it's it, it's weird because the credits roll a bunch on the the boys pulling Tim out, and then the credits finish before Jill starts having the sweet conversation with him. So it's it's weird like in lieu of any <laughs> outtakes or anything we just have this extended long sweet scene
0: yeah and then it just goes right to the touchstone logo and I'm like oh wow okay I feel like we skipped a uh, step there but whatever yeah
1: I, we're just uh, thrown straight into do ding
0: okay Sherman oh man yeah you know what time it is I feel like the door just opened and my anxiety just tackled me
1: yep 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 okay so land because
0: it's time for the nice one there fozzy okay the the crank count oh okay listen i'm gonna talk this out okay i'm just
1: gonna say one thing before you start yeah don't don't overthink it but now talk it out tell
0: me what your (laughs) thought process is shit now the thing is you telling me not to overthink it
1: god landon okay is
0: as because i that's the advice i gave to myself and so now i'm thinking that Not overthinking it was me overthinking it. No. Which means that what I thought in the first place might have been right. Talk me through your initial thought process, okay? My initial thought process was, and this is not a final answer, I will give you my final Mm -hmm, answer, mm -hmm. that I don't remember hearing a grunt in this episode. Mm -hmm. But there's meat, there's him unveiling a massive uh, souped up, Thing in this episode at the beginning and there is um the camping equipment yeah and while i don't remember hearing a grunt my gut at the end of the episode was even though you didn't hear one i felt like in my stomach there was a grunt cluster mm-hmm so that's my I, I'm going to just read you what I have on the page and it's going to be my final answer, though. I will tell you, I've lost confidence in it. Mm hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, man, just don't overthink it. You know, my what I've written down and this is. This is it. OK, final answer three. Landon.
1: It was zero, and you overthought it. You didn't hear any grunts because there weren't any grunts. That's why. That's why you didn't. That's why you didn't hear grunts because they weren't there. I but
0: agree. There are three grunts in the theme song.
1: Yes, Landon, and I think we've discussed many times <laughs> but that that does not count. I, I like. I respect. The way that you approached it, and mm-hmm. and working backwards from clues as to things that would be grunt triggers, yeah. But it's it at this point in time, it the normal the normal state of being for this show is zero grunts. We've had in in the past twelve or more episodes we've done of Home Improvement, there have been z- zero grunt count has been the most common result.
0: you you're not wrong, and I'm not saying that I shouldn't have gone in that direction. I'm just saying I didn't. Um, I know, and look, no one's no one's chastising I, you. No, I'm not I, mad. I'm I honestly. I realize just, this I'm, is a podcast, and that you know, a comical uh, gunshot and thudding would be more appropriate to the audio format. But uh, I'm choosing instead to do harakiri, so I don't know what kind <laughs> of sound effects you can put in for that.
1: Uh, s- s- a lot of like slashing and splooshing and splorshing noises of guts, and probably out. a lot of
0: grunts too. Uh, honestly,
1: that would get you up to three. Uh, you know what, Landon? If you grunt three times in the process of doing cultural appropriation of a Japanese suicide technique, uh, then then I think people get chalupas. But only then.
0: <laughs> not a
1: grunt more. Not a grunt like it's it's really Carnival of Venice, pound of flesh shit right there.
0: Ooh, I'm yeah. disappointed. We're all disappointed.
1: We're all very disappointed. That's what that folk. That's but that's what you tune in for is constantly being let down by your hosts. <laughs> <laughs> them, them always reminding you, this is what you want, you download the podcast, you, you take time out of your day to listen to us, remind you that uh, that chalupas are a possibility, and then listen to us fuck oh. up so you can't get them.
0: I'm, I'm crying, I'm crying, I forget the rest of the lyrics to that song. I, I hey, you know what, um...
1: Everybody Plays the Fool, Landon. That's 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 another song. Uh, uh, and usually know, it's me. Normally it's I, me who fucks it up.
0: I have uh, something to say about fools. Uh, yeah. Grunt work is made possible by people like you. Fools like uh, you. <laughs> if you enjoyed today's episode and want to help us create the show, how do you really... Get the energy to end an episode on a high note after that. Uh, I, I, don't, consider- <laughs> I don't know, I don't know, Landon. How do I have the energy to continue with the show when I fuck up the ER game
1: and, and then I'm just expected to keep going, oh, Hudsucker Proxy, Frazier's a good show. The,
0: the thing is, I get, I'm not diminishing the pressure you have week to week. Uh, and you certainly, sir, have. More, the heavier lift, because you yeah. have to get the title, which is yeah. a creative venture. Yes. You have to get a very uh grueling and terrifying yes or no game, correct? Yes. Uh, Ch- checking your privilege. I appreciate this, Landon. I just want to point out that while, I, you know, mine's just a guessing game of numbers, it does, like in today's episode, all of the pressure then falls on the last moment and for someone who is historically bad under pressure <laughs> uh i'm just saying guessing the grunt count with everything on the line has its own uh woes i know i look dude i'm i
1: i get that it's it's definitely bad having to make the game winning free throw in front of the entire school and i am you know what i i should just I, as you teammate... I've, as your teammate, teammate, I should just blow it way more often so as not to put you in that situation. <laughs> I should just be I should just be worse at my job.
0: I I feel like not only was I forced to make the winning throw at the 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 buzzer, yeah. but that I had to do so granny style <laughs> but with that's... it under my, and not only did I throw it granny style and it fall short about 5 feet from the hoop but then the bully also pants me
1: <laughs> he was waiting <laughs> directly behind you as you threw the thing is landing like, the granny shot statistically is the best and easiest and most successful way to do free throws and it's just because like and i'm this is the only thing i know about sports i'm just saying the granny shot is not overthinking it consider
0: becoming an official grandhead sponsor over at our patreon
1: that's right, for as little as $1 per month, you'll get access to our exclusive bonus content like our weekly Gruntwork Nights episodes and access to watch us record episodes live over Discord, experiencing the drama and the pageantry and the intense action. Of watching me try to figure out whether a given character actor was on ER, watching Landon try to talk himself out of deciding (laughs) the number of grunts that were in an episode. This shit you could see live and and thus force yourself to pay attention, not just with your ears, but also with your
0: eyes. (sighs) And first time donors can receive a Mystery Science Theater Home Improvement Style Grunt Work art print. So be you know nowhere in this copy does it say anything about actually winning chalupas. It could just be a, a bit. I mean, you know, uh, it's not actually on my shoulders. I, I well yeah I, yeah okay. So wait na-
1: wait so most people wait until like I was thinking that we would only Welsh out on the deal if we actually <laughs> got it. You're trying to Welsh out now that that we're not. Able to do it, like this is... I just—I can feel the mob with the pitchforks coming after me here. Look, look, the, look, the Landon, the mob with the pitchforks is going to come after you if if you get it right and you try to deprive them of their <laughs> chalupas. Okay, Th- this is just this is just doing business. There's an uh, abysmal number of episodes left and and options for. And honestly, wouldn't you rather like? Wouldn't you rather after all of this disease nonsense is over with, like at a live show surrounded by the tens of thousands of fans we'll have with that? Wouldn't you just rather
0: that throw do when chalupas we get it right? at people just with the rappers unwrapping in midair and shredded lettuce and meat going all over the audience in the splash zone? Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Everyone's wearing ponchos with the Gruntwork <laughs> logo on them. You know, they, they open them out with a,
0: a big sledgehammer and
1: take one <laughs> to a chalupa. As as soon as you as soon as you guess like as soon as you guess it correctly you know they open kennels all over the auditorium and Taco Bell Chihuahuas come running out <laughs> like like doves being released
0: in a John Woo movie that's that's what it would be oh like like l- better that it be then is what I'm saying do all of that over at patreoncom gruntworkpod. listen I don't I don't want you I don't want you I'm talking to the listeners here oh okay I'm not listening. I don't want you to rate this episode. Do not go on Apple Podcasts. (laughs) It is it is the slowest, hardest way (laughs) to support us, and it goes nowhere to helping others find the show. So don't do it.
1: (laughs) And we're going to spend the next fifteen seconds telling you all the things that you could be doing rather than rating us on iTunes.
0: Six hours long. I'm going to veto the fifteen seconds. to say, don't stop by floss dancing. Don't stop by. And say hi to us. Say say bye to us on Twitter and Instagram. Unfollow us <laughs> at, at Gruntwork Pod. Or uh, you can ignore us on Discord, which you can find the link uh to that over on our website. Cut your house's phone line.
1: Just just <laughs> reduce all all contact with the outside world, but mainly us. Uh over on our website which is www.rockpodcast.com. Sorry, I missed I missed it. It's it's been a wild and wooly outro today, Landon. It, it has
0: been. Uh, and on our website, you can but you shouldn't sign up for our weekly newsletter to be notified whenever a new episode is released because you know why that that fucking newsletter has a grunt count hint in it. I'm going to be haunted by this moment again when I put the newsletter together. Oh, Landon, Landon. You get exclusive Landon. trivia and more. Told you not and, to think it. Uh Next time we're gonna bring you another episode of Home Improvement, and I, I've disappointingly been Landon Solano, <laughs> and I have gloriously been Truman Caps.
1: And remember, <laughs> uh, tell me whether you use the past tense or the present tense on a cold night outdoors. It's always best to be intense. Do, do you get my I... wordplay, Landon? <laughs> Do you like my little jokes? (laughs) I get it.